everybody, and welcome to Sorry I'm All Booked, the podcast by librarians for librarians. I'm your host, Emily Golightly, and you're listening to episode number five, Gift Ideas for the Bibliophile that Aren't Just Books. Today's episode is all about gifts for bookworms, both adults and kids alike. I will also review my latest read, and then we'll get a little sneak peek into a future episode. So let's go ahead and get started. Do you ever struggle to find that just right gift for the book lover on your shopping list? With the holiday season upon us, you may be wondering what to get that person who seems to have everything. Sure, it's easy to turn to gift cards, but gift cards can feel impersonal, and I know I always enjoy the process of shopping for friends and family as part of the joy of the holiday season, so I'm really excited to discuss some of the things on this episode. This episode was actually inspired by an idea from a listener question, so thanks to Michelle in South Carolina for the question and the inspiration for this episode. Michelle messaged me asking if I had suggestions or thoughts about gift ideas for avid readers, and I thought that was a fantastic question. I know even with my own children, who are now teenagers and have strong feelings about what they want to read, I rarely, if ever, buy a book that they haven't requested by name, because reading is so personal to them. I want my friends and family to actually want to read the books they get, and so sometimes getting a book is not the best gift for a book lover. In preparing for this episode, I took a look at a few online articles and suggestions from various sites about what gifts to get book lovers. And while I loved some of the ideas, these lists also made me pause and think in some instances about whether these were truly good gift ideas or not. As I scoured the internet for ideas, I decided to jump on Twitter and Facebook and get the opinion of my friends to see if they agreed with these articles or if they had some other thoughts as well. So the article that originally inspired me to record this episode was from The Strategist, which I've linked for you in the show notes, and they shared a pretty large list of non-book gifts, but this list was a little hit or miss for me. First of all, some of the items were kind of pricey, like the lamps, for example. I did see some things that gave me good ideas or that I even thought I would enjoy for myself, but I wanted to gauge my reaction against that of others. So I posted the article on social media and asked my friends to tell me what they thought about it as well. Interestingly, some people were really excited about things that didn't really interest me at all initially. So it's always neat to see how different personalities find appeal in different things. And it was good for me to see things from a variety of perspectives. For example, we had a whole conversation about headphones or AirPods on Facebook because one of my friends didn't see the draw of them as a gift for a reader specifically. This sparked a conversation about audiobooks as well as a need or desire to have noise-canceling headphones for focus, especially for those who live with ADHD and may need a little extra support in managing their ability to focus. Some of the gifts that popped up on this list are exactly what you would expect. Cozy blankets and reading lights for nighttime readers, for example. There's an increasing interest in weighted blankets to bring a sense of calm and comfort for folks who grapple with ADHD or anxiety. So if you have a friend or family member struggling to tune out the white noise of everything else in life so they can enjoy the books they're reading, this may be a great option that shows your caring and nurturing side. 
My daughter has had a weighted blanket for years and absolutely loves it, and it definitely helps settle and relax her after a long, busy day. So one of the gifts that I do not have but have heard a lot about is a Kindle Paperwhite. My friend Erin swears by hers, and I know my mother-in-law spends a lot of her free time reading on hers. I've heard so much about how this is great for eye strain, and I know for me it would be so much better in the summer when I'm trying to read by the pool and the glare makes it hard to see my screen or it gets so hot that my phone wants to overheat and shut down. My friend Lauren also made an interesting point. She said, the Kindle remote is not on this list, and it should be. I had never even heard of that, so if you've been under a rock like me and missed this handy-dandy gadget, let me tell you, I am intrigued. It's a way for you to remotely turn the pages of your book without having to take your hands out from under the covers if you live in a frosty climate like she does, or if you're just cozy in bed and don't feel like moving. She went on to say that it pairs perfectly with the Ugg Poof, which is basically a pillow for your device to hold it in place without causing neck strain if you're a person who likes reading in bed, which is one of my very favorite places to read. So I guess now that needs to be added to my list as well. When I looked online, the Ugg Poof is sold out in many places, but there are a number of similar products on Amazon if you're looking for a tablet pillow that won't break the bank. Now I have to tell you guys, one of the items that I absolutely loved on this list was an Ideal Bookshelf custom print. You can hand select the spine illustrations from your personal favorite books, or if you aren't sure which ones to put, you can also select by categories like sci-fi, coming of age, feminism, and more. When I searched online for this, the site that the strategist referenced was not available. But if you look on Etsy, there are many similar artisans creating these types of prints, and they're at more affordable prices. I've linked several options in the show notes for those of you who may be interested. I think this is a really thoughtful gift, and I would absolutely love having my favorites on display, like a love letter to my favorite authors, sharing those books with anyone who saw the print hanging in my office or classroom. And I just know that a print like this would spark so many wonderful conversations because you know the only thing a book lover loves more than books is buying more books or talking about those books. So one thing that often pops up on lists like these of best gifts for book lovers is something that I share with a little hesitation. People will often talk about accessories for reading in the bathtub. Now, as a librarian, I am constantly reminding kiddos that books and water are not the best of buddies. But I know that some people do like to read in the tub. With that being said, if you know of someone who loves to do this, bath bombs, bath salts, or even one of those bamboo trays that holds your book up and away from the water may be good choices. I used to read magazines in the tub back when printed magazines were still a big thing, but honestly, I haven't taken a bath in a tub and had the time to just soak and relax in many years, so for me, this kind of a gift wouldn't really be a big draw. I think you have to know the person you're shopping for before buying gifts like that. And if you're shopping for your child's teacher, I would never give gifts like this unless you really know what fragrances or brands they prefer because with skin sensitivities and allergies, this one could be something that they end up not being able to use. Or when in doubt, a gift card to a place that sells nice bath products is always an option too, so they can choose what works for them. Another thing that sort of fits into this same vein of fragrances, lotions, bath products is scented candles. There were a number of candles on this list that are supposed to smell like old books or libraries or even settings from books like Beloved by Toni Morrison. 
I bought a quote unquote old book scented candle several years ago and if these are anything like that one, it smells okay, but I would never liken it to the smell of old books. And one of the candles on this list costs $90. Now, even if that smell transports me into the stacks of a big, beautiful library, I cannot justify spending $90 on one candle. So this one for me is a no-go. The candle I purchased was to make a donation to the Freedom to Read Foundation, which is why I supported it in the first place. But I've never found a candle that truly smells like what I know old books to smell like. I don't know of anyone on my shopping list that would want to spend $90 on one candle either. So some of these items may be for an audience that does not include me. While I like the idea of it, I think about all the books I could purchase with $90 and I don't care whether my house smells like old books or not when I consider that fact. One really cool idea that was on the list is the Mouth Snack of the Month Club, which is great for those folks who like to read and enjoy a tasty treat at the same time. If you're a snacker slash reader or you know someone who is, this might be a fun gift idea. I know my husband would love something like this for an evening of TV watching as well. He likes to have a little bowl of something to munch on when we watch a movie or show, whether that be trail mix, popcorn, pretzels, or whatever. But it would definitely be fun to try out some more unique options. One year, we got my children one of those snack box subscriptions that allows them to try treats from different countries all over the world each month. And that was a really fun way to spark conversation about different parts of the world and different things people like to eat and so on. If you didn't want to take on the cost of a subscription box on your own, you could even do something like this with a monthly book club or other group that you meet with regularly where you each pay a portion of the subscription costs and enjoy the snacks as a group, which is even more fun because then you can discuss what you loved or hated or would want to try again. And with a variety of palettes around the table, there's sure to be something to please everyone's tastes. One suggestion from this article that I'm on the fence about is shelving or bookends. While this could be a great gift potentially, I would not feel comfortable buying something that to me fits in the home decor category unless you know someone really well or they have specifically asked for these. I think it's really iffy to purchase something that may or may not incorporate well into someone's decorating scheme. The one that I saw that I really do love is the Ikea shelves because I've seen so many tutorials about how to take these shelves and make them look like faux built-ins. However, this would not be a gift for someone else. This would be more of a weekend home project to me. Now, I wanna talk a little bit about my favorite ideas from this list. The book darts are amazing if you're one of those people who likes to mark meaningful passages or quotes, but maybe you don't like to mark up your books. I often take books and trade them in for store credit at our local bookstore, so I try not to mark up books, but this allows you to mark special passages without needing tons of book flags or dog-earing your pages. They're magnetic so you can pop them in and out, move them around, and use them again and again, which I love, as opposed to the disposable flags that are more like post-its because this is a greener option that doesn't create as much waste, plus they're a little sturdier than the disposable flags, which I also love. These will be a fantastic stocking stuffer for the reader on your list who loves to mark quotes or go back to favorite books again and again. Another gift on this list that I'm really like is the literary themed puzzles. I'm someone who loves games and puzzles and I always have a puzzle going in my school library as a low key station for kids and honestly for the adults in the room too, who just want a calm little corner to sit and enjoy a low stress activity. 
I think these puzzles would be great for a middle or high school library or for the readers in your life that have a particular favorite book that you know they would love to see as a puzzle. I don't know that I would necessarily purchase the puzzles they referenced for my age group as the puzzles with book text on them would be very challenging, probably to the point of frustration for my elementary audience. And I'm speaking from personal experience here. Some puzzles that I put out for my students have gone better than others, and I find that between 300 to 500 pieces with images that aren't too tiny seems to be the sweet spot. If there are many pieces or images that look too similar, kids will abandon it out of frustration. So while this may be the perfect gift for that really discerning reader who has everything on your list, I'd be cautious about putting this one out for younger kiddos. One of the suggestions from the list that both my children heartily agreed on was the book-related t-shirts. As a very enthusiastic elementary librarian, much of my school wardrobe consists of book-related t-shirts. And when I was chatting with my kids about this episode, they both agreed that that is a great gift for a book lover. They also mentioned cute bookmarks and, of course, gift cards to buy more books, which makes total sense because then the person you're shopping for will definitely get the books they actually want. The challenge with some of the book subscription plans or themed boxes that were mentioned in this article is not knowing what's going to come and not being sure they'll like it. Some people love surprises or have a wide array of reading interests, so that sort of variety would be fun and exciting for them. But some folks like to read the same sorts of genres or authors over and over, so just be aware of that before spending your money on subscription boxes because they're not cheap, and I would hate to buy something like that for only to be a big flop with the person I was shopping for. My last suggestion out of my favorites from this list is to purchase a signed copy or first edition of a favorite book or favorite author for the person you're shopping for. My sister actually did something like this not too long ago for me, and I appreciated it so much. She got me three copies of Tyler Merritt's new children's book called A Door for Me. He's an amazing author and human and also wrote the very popular book, I Take My Coffee Black. And she reached out to him on Instagram about getting autographs personalized, sent the books that she purchased to him to be signed, and then sent them back to me. One copy was for me to keep, one was for my school library, and one was to gift to any student at my discretion. What a perfect and thoughtful gift. I don't know about your students, but my students always get super excited when I show them that a book they chose is autographed by the author and has a special message inside. It shows them that authors are real people behind those pages and it makes them feel special. So if you're looking for something to really have that wow factor, a personalized autograph is a great way to amp up the gifting for your bookworms just a bit. You may even arrange to attend a reading and signing event with a favorite author if those sorts of things are hosted in your area or close enough that it might be feasible for you. For example, I took my son to meet Kate DiCamillo a few years ago and it was an amazing experience for us both. We went with another librarian friend and her son and we all had the best time and made some very special memories. The gift of an experience can be so much more meaningful than a tangible present sometimes, so I highly recommend this if you're able to make it happen. For your slightly more seasoned readers, those first editions can also be really special. To have a really beautiful copy or original copy of a favorite book is such a special keepsake. I'm a little bit obsessed with the book Little Women and have read it at least once a year every year since I was in the sixth grade, and my absolutely wonderful English teacher, Miss Hargrove, first shared a copy with me. 
I would go visit her before school and chat about the book with her as I was reading it, and those precious memories are indelible in my mind. A sweet reminder of a teacher who cared enough to give me her time and attention. Many people have that book, you know, the special one that means something to them because of the season they were in, or because it was the first one that really affected them or spoke to them in some meaningful way. Having a special copy of that book or a bookmark, print, or other related item shows that you're thoughtful and that you pay attention. Last but not least, a final winner from this list for me is anything card catalog related. Yes, librarians and book nerds love things that remind them of their childhood days in the library, and it's cool to have something that feels like a little piece of history. The card catalog note cards are super cute, and I cannot imagine any librarian or reader of a certain vintage not falling in love with cute stationery like that, because we actually remember using card catalogs before the online ones became a thing. Now, seeing as card catalogs haven't been widely used by a lot of people in probably 25 years or more, the younger folks on your list may not see the appeal of these as much as your millennials, Gen X folks, and beyond, so just keep that in mind as you're shopping. One last thought on gift giving. If you really want to personalize a gift for the book-loving person in your life, I'm a big fan of beautiful personalized gift baskets. I love to arrange a basket with items specific to that person that I'm shopping for or to create a basket in a particular theme. For example, if you're shopping for a kid, you could put lots of fun winter books in a cute basket or bin along with some of their favorite snacks or perhaps a stuffed animal or stuffed book character, which if you didn't know, Kohl's often sells those great book character plushies at very reasonable prices and maybe even a really cozy blanket to add to it and a cute mug so they'll be able to cozy up on the couch under their new blanket, drink some cocoa, enjoy a tasty treat, and read during those cold winter months. The same could apply with an adult's gift basket, but theme it to their preferred genre like mysteries or beach reads with a beach towel hat and cute sunglasses, wishful thinking as they prepare for summer just down the road a bit. For those kids who are just starting to get more into chapter books, you could do a read the movie basket where you gift them books that were all turned into movies, and you could include cute popcorn bowls, popcorn, some of those big movie theater style boxes of candy that you buy at the dollar store. You're really only limited by your imagination when it comes to personalizing a gift basket like this. Where I live, we can buy shrink wrap at the dollar store and you can fit the whole basket inside, shrink wrap the clear cellophane gift bag around it and tie it off with pretty ribbon and it honestly looks like it was professionally done. But it's more special because it's personalized to the person you shopped for. I know the holidays are crazy, but if you have time or you're trying to do something really special, I highly recommend something like this. Now let's take a moment to chat about a book I recently read and absolutely loved. I recently read A Place at the Table by Sadia Faruqi and Laura Chauvin, which is a North Carolina Elementary Battle of the Books title this year, and I'm so happy to see this one on our list. Two girls, forging an unlikely friendship at first, meet in an after-school cooking class which is taught by one of the girls' mothers. It delves into the complexity of racism and nationalism with two families, Sara's family from Pakistan, who are visibly different from the outside, and Elizabeth's family, where her mother's side is from England, and she's not visibly different and could blend in 
with others oftentimes, but when her mother speaks, that's when people notice she's different and may be treated differently due to her accent. Elizabeth's family is also Jewish, which sometimes means people treat her differently because of that as well. It is fascinating and sometimes painful to read about these girls navigating middle school friendships, the challenges of being different, and trying to be supportive members of their families as they grapple with the emotional toll that it takes on them. The anger and pain that these girls experience is real and raw at times, but also very beautiful because the authors do a lovely job of really writing through the conflicts these girls face, not just sugarcoating it, but letting them be upset with each other when one doesn't stand up for the other, and then communicating their frustrations as they work to build a healthy friendship based on trust and support, modeled by their own moms in a really lovely way. This book also delves into the side plot of both moms working to gain U.S. citizenship in spite of the steep challenges surrounding them in their personal lives. It's a wonderful book and I'm really quite pleased that it was chosen for our North Carolina Battle of the Books list this year because I may not have caught this one in the sea of other books had it not been selected and I wouldn't have wanted to miss this one. Upper elementary and middle grades folks should definitely check this out, and if you have kids who are around the ages of 9 to 13-ish, this book may be the perfect springboard for some good conversations about communication, acceptance, friendship, and standing up for what you know is right. A great story that I would eagerly recommend. finish up here, I wanted to take a moment to chat about an upcoming episode. I am working on an episode featuring the best books of 2022, and while I try to read as many books as possible, there's no way I can read them all, so I would love to hear your recommendations as well as why a book was a particular favorite for you or for your students if you're a school librarian or educator. Which books do you think are award contenders this year, or even just books you really loved that have stuck with you well after you finished them? A follow-up question to that, do any of you educators or school librarians do a mock Caldecott during award season or other book awards focused lessons like the tournament of books that some people do in tandem with the NCAA college basketball Sweet 16 bracket? Caldecott announcements are right around the corner in January, and I would love to hear about your ideas if you do do this in your school. I have seen several posts about this on social media recently, and while I have incorporated North Carolina Children's Book Awards and other award winners into my lessons in the past, I definitely want to freshen things up, and I am curious how you do this with your students. How do you select the books you feature and what activities do you do with your students to get them pumped up about this? I can't wait to hear your thoughts and ideas. I appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen and connect with me and help build our community of people who are passionate about books, libraries, and reading. If you have questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes, please email me at emilydgolightly at gmail.com or send me a message on Twitter at emilygolightly3 or Instagram at sorryimallbooked with emilyg. If you want to help other listeners find this podcast community, please like and subscribe. 
Follow and tap that notification bell to make sure you never miss an episode. Taking a moment to give the podcast a five-star rating also helps others find our podcast among the many podcasts out there. So I truly appreciate you taking the time to provide your feedback and help others get plugged into our community. One final way you can support the podcast is by sharing with others. The more people hear about it, the more we can grow this listening and learning community of ours and help others find our little spot on the internet. Sharing the link on your social media or telling a colleague about it can be a huge way to support the growth of this podcast. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you'll join me next time.